0: want to let the music go there, welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 159, aka the Hanukkah Christmas edition, Christmaka, or whatever they call it. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher, alongside Toronto Mike. This podcast proudly sponsored by jerseyfactory.com. When that day comes, when you're going to order the coolest customized uniforms for your team or your big event, make sure you visit jerseyfactory.com. And by the way, what's the coolest jersey you own? You got one? You must have something in your closet, something I don't know uh, pinned up on the wall or encased in, you know, in a frame. Mine is a Mickey Mantle Yankees home pinstripe jersey with the American League Golden Anniversary logo patch on the shoulder. It's beautiful. A replica yeah, it's not, signed, it's not signed by Mickey. I mean, sure. it's signed by Mickey Mano but it's not. it wasn't the jersey that he wore in the game. Yes, but still, it's a beauty. Yes. Uh, today on the show, I've got a list of nearly every single TSN and Sportsnet TV personality, um, past and present. I don't know if I'm going to mention every single one of them, but there's hundreds or dozens. I'm going to go through the list, and Mike and I are going to tell you what we think of Many of these sportscasters, whether they're anchors, reporters, analysts, play-by-play, whatnot, whatever, um, Mike's going to throw his two cents worth in as well. And we're going to kind of go over, you know, the, because sports television is ubiquitous. I mean, you can't not turn on, you know, and who am I watching now? Which station is it? And it's like 24-7, two sports networks in Canada. So we're going to talk about the personalities, the people we see, the voices we hear, On Canadian sports television. Won't that be exciting? Uh, Did you hear about the Raptors' comeback yesterday? Indeed. Did you hear about the Jays? Got a pretty good pitcher? Yes. Did you hear hear about the Leafs and their backup goalie won a game? Yes. Did you hear about all that stuff? All three. (laughs) Isn't it it great being a Toronto sports fan? Fantastic. Um, And by the way, the Leafs play again today. They're playing Carolina this afternoon. Uh, I was at the game on Saturday. I'm going to tell you why it's time the kiss cam. The kiss cam entered the 21st century already because it really is um it's it's far past its time I it, it hasn't kept up with the times the kiss cam really uh the grope cam that would be a whole other story whoa the nfl playoff picture becomes a little cloudier uh, and much more on the show it's all ahead but first a salute to the holiday season and i should tell you i attended two hanukkah parties yesterday uh yesterday was the first uh last night was the first night of hanukkah it's like eight crazy nights, and you light light candles. Well, happy Hanukkah to you! Thank you very much. And um, and it, it, it just so happens that this year it falls right around the time of Christmas. It's it's a it's a different calendar than the you know the is it a lunar calendar. calendar? I know you're asking me a lot of questions. That's one. I, <laughs> I, I didn't. No, I'm just saying I don't know, but it's a different calendar, and the months in the in that calendar there's not 31 and 30 days in every month. There's like 16 here and 18 there. It's a whole other thing. So normally it's in December. Hanukkah. sometimes it's in early December mid-December and sometimes it's as late as it is now right. a couple days before Christmas so it's a nice way to com- combine the two holidays and so happy holidays whichever whatever you however you holiday and, and by the way it's also festivus so yeah happy it's festivus. perfectly permissible to celebrate more than one holiday at this you go right ahead or There's none no, at all I know people, people who opt all. out of this uh season yeah okay or none at all I mean you gotta um so anyway I'm um we're at, uh, we're at the game on Saturday night, uh, and um, the Leaf game on Saturday night, and, and this Kiss Cam, we see this Kiss Cam. I've got to tell you the story a little bit later, but it was, just, it was bizarre watching. What goes on in the arena is so different from what you see on television. Mm-hmm. You're really not aware of what the TV viewers are watching. It's a whole other experience. So I'm going to get into that uh, as well. So, yeah, so two uh, Hanukkah parties I went to, I had to turn down invitations to two Christmas parties, which were later. Like a Sunday, you know, the Sunday before Christmas, which were later. The Hanukkah parties were earlier. One was at like ten a.m. Okay, and the other one was at one p.m. And then the Christmas parties were like one was at six p.m. and the other was at like eight or nine p.m. Which by that time I was tired. But
1: and you're a popular guy. I, I'm not invited to anything.
0: Well, it wasn't me. It was my girlfriend that was. Oh, was oh, <laughs> yeah. I sort of came along as the number two. <laughs> I get it now. Anyway, I ate copious amounts of food, uh, lit the candles three times, and talked a lot of sports. And one of the things we talked about was whether the Jays, you know, amongst everybody, was whether the Jays were going to do anything or these cheapskates, you know, were going to like uh, not spend any money. Off. 4 million here, 5 million here, okay, 24 million, you know, for 2 years for uh for that pitcher that they got the other day whose name I even forget now. And Tanner that's not much, that's Tanner not Rorke. much money today. No, but I guess saying, it was like uh, and then, you know, we're having a discussion, and then the conversation came up. Well, what about uh, Ryu from the Dodgers? Oh, no chance they're going to sign him. Really? No chance at all? What would the odds be? But that I, broke last week. Anywhere. Uh,
1: some guy <clears throat> talked, heard about it in the Japanese media. Right. Broke.
0: Broke last week. But like still, on. there was no, you know, the Jays were definitely... Because the Jays had shown interest in Tons of guys. Tons of guys. We'll get to all of that. We're g- I'm going to get to all that. The hardest thing today was, what, what, what do I lead with? What do I do? I tell people what happened yesterday, the Hanukkah party, the candles, the food, the fact that I got home, and, and when we got home, we flipped the television on, and boom, it's the fourth quarter of the Raptor game. And I was like, oh, the Raptor game, right, right. I thought the Raptor game was a 6 o'clock start for some reason because the way it goes in the regular season of any sport is you don't know what the fuck time the game is from now on. It's like it's holiday time. It's th- the Leaf game is at 2 o'clock this afternoon sometimes it's at seven o'clock sometimes it's here it's an afternoon it's a five o'clock game i'm sure out west they go crazy because for hockey night in canada it's a four o'clock start in edmonton it's a five o'clock start three o'clock start well i thought the raptor game was a six o'clock start because the last home game they had on a sunday was a six o'clock start right but no it was a 330 was it 330 or three whatever it was it was a mid-afternoon start okay and by the way christmas day it's a noon start noon so you just got to be aware of when the games are, and there's so many games that everybody plays every day that I forgot. So we get home, we flip on the Raptor game. They're down by 23 to start the fourth quarter, and I find out they were down by 30 at one point. So it's like, ah, oh, we may as well watch the game. Let's see what these guys are made of. Maybe they'll make a run out of it. Maybe they'll show you know, some intestinal fortitude in the fourth quarter. Well, you know what happened unbelievable spectacular greatest comeback in the history of the (laughs) Toronto Raptors down 30 in the third down 23 to start the fourth uh and they and they they end up winning it And, and of course all the American announcers are like well Dallas did a heck of a job without Luka Doncic in the lineup dude we didn't have Siakam we didn't have Gasol we don't have Powell and you mothers are talking about Dallas putting up a good fight without Luka Doncic give me a break typical American response no no credit to Kyle Lowry, 20 points in the fourth quarter, takes the team by the throat, lifts them up. Unbelievable. With a bunch of, you know, with really, um, and, and Nick Nurse, full credit to Nick Nurse. What a great job by Nurse in the load management category. This guy is so smart. He says, look, I got to use, even though we're down by all these points, I got to use Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I got to use Chris Boucher. I got to use Terrence Davis. Um, I got to use Malcolm Miller. I got to use these guys because I got to give my regulars a blow. I got to give Ibaka, Van Vliet, and OG a blow because we got a game tonight against Indiana on the road. And then we come back to play the Celtics at 4 in the morning or whatever, uh, noon on Christmas Day. (laughs) So I've got, this is a serious load management thing. We're down all these guys. Brilliant coaching by Nick Nurse. He leaves those guys in basically for the entire fourth quarter. He gives Ibaka, Van Vliet, and uh, Ananobi a blow. I think Ibaka came in in the last 10 seconds. Van Vliet came back with like a minute and a half to go. And the Raptors, because of Lowry, Lowry just says, give me the freaking ball. Boom, three, boom. I mean, the defense now starts to tighten up. They make it very difficult for Dallas to come back. You knew in the fourth quarter, you're going, Dallas is done. Like even when the Raptors were only down by 10, you're going, these guys will never, Dallas isn't going to score again. Our defense was so good. And, and, uh, and, and the fact that you've got guys that have played, this, this, is, this is a defending championship team. You don't think Kyle Lowry's out there going, oh, let's talk about me being traded and all that. We're champions. We're the defending champions. We're, we're just a Kawhi Leonard team. We are the defending NBA fucking champions. You come into our house and you take a 30-point lead, and you think we're going to lie down? Because I know people were going, oh, if the Raptors can come back and cut it to single digits, it would be a wonderful comeback. It would be a good moral victory. Screw that. Moral victory. We beat these mothers. We came back from 30 down. How many people do you think at the game left early because it was like
1: whatever their Sunday? I, uh, you know what?
0: I don't see Raptor crowds leaving early the way, um, the way Leaf crowds leave early. It's a different kind of a crowd. Less corporate maybe. Less corporate, but also I think like more that real even, fans. even if you're down by 30, there's a chance that you could see a fabulous dunk by Chris Boucher or a, you know, a bunch of... Th- something could happen that even if you lose the game, there's going to be a moment in there. Whereas for some reason, I don't find hockey fans kind of the same way. It's like, like very few hockey fans with five minutes to go, if your team's down by four goals, are going to go, wait, let's stick around because we might see Austin Matthews with a beautiful snipe. Right.
1: But I was thinking this, so, you know, 30-point deficit, comeback to win, biggest uh, comeback in franchise history. Yeah. What is the hockey equivalent to a 30-point deficit? A hockey
0: equivalent would be you're down, uh, going into the third period, you're down five goals.
1: I was at a game where the Leafs came back then. Uh, I don't know if we're going in the third, maybe late in the second. But uh, yeah. Boston, Toronto, last game of the 80s, like December 30th, 1989. <laughs> we were down six, five, five. Anyway, we were down by five goals and we right. came back and won in overtime. And went to
0: the playoffs that year. That was, your first, that was the first Leaf team to go to the playoffs in like a, almost, a, not a decade, a first Leaf team to have a 500 or better record. That was that 89-90 team. That was Doug Carpenter's team. Yeah, there was. I mean, you had, yeah, you they know, made the playoffs. Eddie Olczyk, Mark yeah. Osborne, all those guys. You know, Wayne um, Clark, and then they lost in the first round to St. Louis. at Brett Hall and Oats right. and Curtis Joseph, and right. yeah, they got their asses kicked uh, in, uh, <laughs> in in that particular one. But uh, where was I? Yeah, so I would say down thirty to come back and win is equivalent to being down. You know, five goals in the third. It's equivalent to being down four goals at halftime in soccer. It's equivalent to being down four runs in the ninth. Five runs in the ninth, same kind of a thing. I mean, it's right. a great comeback. Good for them. Wonderful. And again, uh, Ra- Raptors take on Indiana tonight in the Hoosier State, and then they come back to face Boston uh, at noon Christmas Day. Um, and the NBA is, you know, we're going to Toronto, and they're going, oh my God, people are going, oh, who's going to want to watch this game? The Raptors have three starters out. Guess what? It's uh, it's appointment viewing for NBA fans. Come on, bring those Celtics on. All right, bring them on. We're pretty good. We'll we'll beat you guys with one hand tied behind our back. We'll beat you guys with three of our starters injured. Hebsy, are you surprised
1: though at this team with this lineup be- being this effective? Uh, you must be a little I bit. I am, of
0: course. Surprised. Of course, but I'm but, shocked. But <laughs> I, 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 oh, of course, we're all shocked. But I, I think that if what we've seen from Hon, uh, Hollis Jefferson, from Chris Boucher, from Davis, uh, from some of the other uh, guys, that the championship. Um, Uh, Aura is rubbing off on these guys this year. They're getting some playing time. I forgot Patrick McCaw in that group there, Uh, but they're getting playing time and they're getting to play with guys like Van Vliet and, and, uh, you know, Siakam before Lowry Lowry and Ibaka and Gasol. And those guys were champions. So that's got to have an effect how to win how to win in certain situations where it doesn't look like you can win. But more importantly, how to win with defense. Don't worry about missing shots. I know Malcolm Miller was upset, didn't score any points. I think he was 0 for 6. He played good defense, man. He helped that team. And I think when you put a premium on defense the way Nick Nurse does, okay? Like if, if you're not shooting well, you're going to have games where the whole team doesn't shoot well. At least defend well. Make it difficult for the other team. That's what the Raptors are doing. By the way. Anyone saying that the Raptors should trade Kyle Lowry should go, just go blow themselves. Who's
1: saying that? I want to know names. And blow up this
0: team. <laughs> uh, after yesterday's game, I think we need to start thinking about retiring Lowry's jersey number seven. I mean, this guy, for the, what he's done for the franchise, no offense to Vince Carter, and, but really, you got to retire this number seven jersey. The guy was fat. Yesterday, he was spectacular. He was a, cha- a champion. The type of a guy who, if you were going to make another run for the title... If you were going you could win the East. You know, get all these guys back healthy. It's the, the regular season. You know, means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. Just get into the playoffs and get hot. And the way I look at it is, if you've got guys that are injured, like the three guys who are now, they're going to rehab. While they're rehabbing, they're going to fill their tank up with oxygen. So when they do come back, the games that they will have missed will actually benefit them in the playoffs. They like will force not have played. Load management. It. Yeah. Exactly right. You got it, okay? You know as well as I do, we wouldn't have won that championship unless Kawhi got 22 games off. Now, they weren't all through injury. A lot of them were, you know, uh, the load man, whatever it was. But in this particular case, a lot of these guys, by the time the playoffs come, will only have played 60 games this year. So they'll be ready. So you just never know. You never know. Let's retire number seven when Lowry leaves. Let's hope he plays the rest of his career with the Raptors. Um, And tell every team that's going to take on the Raptors, every single one, you'd better bring your A game if you hope to beat these guys, you better bring your A game. Um, and so we, so we lead, we mentioned, you know, the, the Jays, but we lead with the Raptors because the Raptors and the NBA and everything like that. You know, the NBA is trying, great article today, by the way, in the Globe and Mail by Cahal Kelly. But the NBA is trying to um, put a little bit more emphasis on the importance of the regular season. Uh, and, they're, and they're talking about reducing the regular season from 82 games to 78 and having a mid-season tournament not unlike what goes on in European soccer with a Champions League kind of a thing, Um, and and reducing the um, importance of the playoffs, making the regular season more important, because as we all know, the regular season really means nothing. Like nobody in March or April is going to go, remember that game that the Raptors won where they came back from 30? If it wasn't for that win, no. You need to make the regular season more important. You need to make it like, for example, in English soccer or the other soccer leagues, where if you win the regular season, you win. That's the championship, right there. That's the. But North
1: uh, American fans, we we think you win the playoffs, you're the champion, and nothing else matters. Right. So like we how need, do you? We uh, need to kind of
0: change that to make a. Uh, and I think the NBA is going about this the right way. They're being progressive. Let's let's try to put more emphasis on the importance of the regular season. How do we do that? How can they do it? Well, make wins more important. Not just, uh, you know, I mean, if you, in actual fact, if you win the regular season, you win. And have another tournament go- going on with the top teams. I know because you're North American. You're like, but really, honestly, Mike, how- can you get up for 82 regular season games?
1: How excited were you uh, when TFC won that
0: shield you get for winning the uh, regular nothing, season? Nothing, but that's different. We're but talk- it, but to me The shield means nothing. I'm talking about Champions League. I'm talking about Champions League. I'm talking about if you're, if you're Liverpool, you want to win the EPL. But believe me, Champions League, you want to beat Barcelona, you want to beat, uh, you know, Bayern Munich, you want to beat Juventus, the best teams in the world. And so if the best teams in the world are all in the National Basketball Association, they all are, then come up, you know, I, I like the idea. Will it work immediately? No, you're going to get a lot of pushback. But I like the idea that let's make the regular season a little more important. Because if we don't, then that mid-January game between Toronto and Colorado, really in the grand scheme of things, is nothing at all. And that game between Dallas and Toronto in um, late December before Christmas really, really doesn't mean anything. Let's, let's give them some meaning. So I think that's a good thing. Now, for those who thought the Toronto Blue Jays were going to pretty much stand pat with their team, add a couple of spare parts, and spend, you know, $45 or $50 or a couple hundred dollars. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah! Looks like Shapiro and Atkins are serious about putting more bums in the seats, even though they may not make the postseason. This team, this Toronto Blue Jays team, this dormant squad that was going nowhere, cheap, not opening the purse strings, has agreed to a four-year, $80 million deal with free agent left-handed pitcher Yun Jin Ryu, the Cy Young runner-up last year, the ERA leader in the National League, four years, $80 million. $80 million. Uh, The deal includes a full no-trade clause, no opt-outs, and is subject to him passing a physical... After Christmas, I'm worried about this. I I don't want him to eat too much.
1: You know what I mean? I don't want to have
0: cholesterol problems or anything like. That. we're sorry, we can't sign him. He's got high cholesterol after the holidays. So the physical will take place after the holidays, according to multiple sources. And then, and only then, once he passes the physical, will the deal be consummated, as right. they like to say. Now, I'm thinking four years, eighty million. That sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, that's a good deal. The guy's going to be 33 in March. So when the season starts, he'll be 33 years old, and. Since you've got all these other players under team control, what is it, 42 players or whatever it is under team control, you can afford to spend the dollars now. We didn't think the Jays were going to do that. Certainly they weren't going to go after Garrett Cole for 300 and some odd million, nor Strasburg, Dallas Keichel, all these big, big name free agents, way too much money. But 80 million? That's not much considering. It's not, you know, right. You haven't spent, you spent 24 million for two years for Tanner Roark, 4 million here, 5 million there, a couple million there. You got lots of dough. But the other thing is, if you were going to make a run, if if next year or like I say, twenty twenty two, Vladdy and Cavan and Lourdes and and Bo are just hitting the cover off the ball and playing great ball, uh, and you needed, you know, to add to your pitching staff. The cupboard is kind of bare next year for free agent pitchers. I think it's James Paxton, Masahiro Tanaka, and that's about it. So the Jays were looking, saying, "We got to do something this year because if we wait till next year and our team starts to blossom, we don't have anybody to go this after." This is and what we, I was saying. And last we don't want episode. to give. You never liked Atkins and Shapiro, never. I wouldn't say no. don't oh, no, like, give I... me that, oh, Mike. You come on. You were like, "Oh, you're an apologist for the Jays." I'm telling you what the Jays management had to do: spend your money judiciously. But, and this was a situation where they went, "You know what." 4 years 80 million top of the rotation guy let's take and they're taking a chance on this guy they they're rolling the dice injury prone he missed two full seasons okay um, you know he's he's getting on in years but usually a lot of times pitchers get better when they're into their 30s yeah they learn to pitch better he's not a he's not um, a durable guy he never throws 200 innings he doesn't get 30 starts in but but he's he's the best of what there, there is out there and here's the other thing he's a winner He's been to the playoffs, and none of the guys, I don't think anybody on the Jays, maybe Ken Giles, but I'm thinking off the top of my head, who on this Jays team has ever been in the playoffs before? <laughs> right. And they went and get uh, this guy, and they also got Travis Shaw, who had a terrible year last year for Milwaukee, but is capable of hitting 35, 40 home runs. Um, and so, and he also has experience in the playoffs. So if you want to have a young team, and you want to have them rub elbows with experienced postseason players, guys who are winners, This is a good time now to have that because you've got all these guys under control. You don't have to worry. They're not going to be paying Vladdy or these guys a ton of money for five years. Right. They've got them. So why not, in that interim period, spend some dollars on some key guys, right? Have their championship pedigree rub off on the youngsters and make a run at the Yankees in Boston. Boston, by the way, wants to shed salary. So so shockingly great move. Taking a bit of a chance, but hey. 80 million for it's four a, years. It's a very important move symbolically for people like
1: myself who, who like last episode of Hebsy on sports, yeah. you were, if I correct me, if I'm wrong, but yeah. you were suggesting that Jays don't spend any money now because you're not going to compete for what you said, 2022. That's yes, right. I correctly. said 2022 would be, now they're saying 2021. Well, that's well, now they are sure. Why not? <laughs> so, I mean, this is an important move because you went out and spent some money to get a decent starter. But, but if you're going to compete in 2021, you're going to have to do a lot more right this is still a, a bad team like you're going to have to uh, up, do a, spend a lot more money and uh, and and upgrade your talent level for 2021 if you want to compete in
0: 2021 well obviously that depends on the development of your key players and sometimes you never know a guy comes along and has a fantastic season and and, and his growth is accelerated and uh he gets moved up maybe a Nate Pearson becomes a you know, maybe Nate Pearson in 2021 becomes your Rookie of the Year candidate and Cy Young candidate, right? And he's, and now you got him and Ryu and you've got uh, Tanner Rourke and you've got Shoemaker and you've got uh, Trent Thornton and you've got uh, Chase Anderson. And maybe, you're, maybe you go, hey, you know what? We we got a bit of talent here. And you got, besides Ken Giles in the bullpen, you've added some pieces. And now your your big four guys that we've talked about are, you know, really blossoming into everyday, big league players. And you've got your core there. Yeah, then... You know, you, you add to the piece. But this is a good move because I don't think four years, $80 million is tremendously expensive at all. They've certainly got the money, right? They wouldn't be course. able They wouldn't be able to sign a guy like this in four or five years because that money would be going to Vladdy's contract and Bo's contract and Cavin's contract and Lourdes' contract. They know that's coming, but that's not till five, five, six years away. Right. So now this is a great move. Uh, you're taking somewhat of a chance also, it, it leaves the door open for more moves. You could get David Price from the Red Sox. You could go and sign Edwin Encarnacion because you do need a right-handed bat. Maybe Rowdy Telez is not the answer now that you've gotten Travis Shaw, who can play all infield positions. He's a corner infielder. And
1: basically. Jays like players who have fathers who are all-stars.
0: The infield for the Blue Jays could well be on opening day. Vladdy Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, and Travis Shaw, whose father, Jeff Shaw, was a damn good relief pitcher for the Expos and for Cleveland and for the Dodgers. He was real, and I think Boston also. He was really good. So yeah, that would be cool. eh? That your infield is all (laughs) sons of former. They're all
1: and they're all 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 stars.
0: So, there you go. And I know people already that have bought ten game flex packs for the Blue Jays. They were not considering buying any Blue Jays tickets at all until this signing. And now they're going. Whoa, these guys are serious. Let me, you know, and they want to jump on the bandwagon now because they think maybe this will lead to other moves, and maybe the Jays are going to be worth watching, and maybe their attendance won't plummet this year. (laughs) <laughs> okay. this, is, this is the biggest free agent signing ever by the Jays, with the exception of Russell Martin, uh, who signed for five years, $82 million back in 2014, November of 2014. And also the uh, Vernon Wells signing. He was a free what agent. What about like the BJ and the AJ? Not ever- as much. Okay. It wasn't for as much, no. And the uh, Vernon Wells deal, which was, I think, seven years, $126 million, but he was already a J. I'm talking about scooping somebody. Of from course. Right, so that's right. a great move. And I uh, can't wait for baseball season to start and hopefully more news because remember not every free agent, potential free agent signs within a week or two of the December 1st uh, deadline. Um, there's, there's lots of time. Sometimes some guys don't get signed until midway through spring training. The Jays might end up signing somebody in middle of March while spring training's going on. Guy that hasn't signed and is looking for a deal. That could be Edwin. That could be Edwin Encarnacion. What would you think of that? He's a uh, winner. He's been there before. He's a winner. Does he, have, does he
1: have anything left in the, uh, oh, I this, so. the tank there? Oh, I think so.
0: I think he could hit your 30 home <laughs> runs and drive in 100 runs as a DH. And what? he can hit right-handed and left-handed pitching.
1: Well, the nostalgia <laughs> factor is strong with that. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> Bring back the parrot. What number
0: does Ryu uh, wear? 99. I'm, I'm glad, to,
1: glad to have him on the Jays. Of
0: course, he's going to wear 99. In fact, I should, I should go out and order my, my i got to call jerseyfactory.com. Well, so that's where you get, get like your 99s. Ryu jersey, number 99. <laughs> You'd have to have a team of Ryu jerseys. 99. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. 99 used to be the number for like the Bat Boy. And Bat Boy's had numbers a long time ago. They had about 88 or a 99. It was obviously a number that a, a regular player wouldn't wear. But now, any, two digit, any one or two-digit number is, is pretty much available. So there you go. Now, and and speaking of which, if you're considering going out and buying a Jays jersey with the number 99 on it um, and Ryu on the back, why not consider... New uniforms for your entire team. You know, and get rid of that uniform you've been wearing all these years. Add some nice colors and styles and that type of thing. So jerseyfactory.com is the place for you. Uh, These guys make really cool, customized, personalized apparel for all sports. Uh, They're based in Toronto. They do all the work out of their own factory. They don't outsource. Uh, jerseyfactory.com offers very competitive prices, have a great website. Operators are standing by to help you out. uh, And they'll show you all the different sports. They serve hockey, football, baseball, softball, basketball, and soccer. Uh, they got pants, they got jerseys, they got warm-up gear, coaches' gear, team swag, and other apparel that can be customized to your liking. And they ship anywhere in North America, jerseyfactory.com. You know what they say, play like a pro, look like a pro, look like a pro, play like a pro. It's better to look good than to feel good. Uh,
1: they both work for me now, uh, <laughs> upon further review. But uh, yeah, that, that promo code again, this is very important, fans of Hebsey on sports, is uh, Hebsy. H-E-B-S-Y.
0: Right. Uh, You can receive up to, not up to, you can receive 10% off any order over $1,000. So get your team looking better and playing better. Jerseyfactory.com. I'm sure those uh, Ryu jerseys, once he passes the physical and his cholesterol level is okay, that um, there are going to be a lot of orders for 99s. The great. Wolf Paymont. (laughs) Who else wore 99 in Toronto?
1: I don't know anyone else who I'm trying to think. Does anyone, if anyone on Periscope wants to help me out, but I can only uh, think of uh, Wilf, Wilf payment. Wilf
0: payment would be the only <laughs> nobody. Any raptor ever wear ninety nine? Not to my knowledge. I don't. Argo. Recall. Oh, Argo. Must well, well, have an Argo that wore nine, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count, does it? Any, uh, any, uh, wait, anybody on the uh, in TFC ever wear ninety nine? I don't know. You're you're stumping me. I kind of think that they should have retired the number 99. I guess in hockey, for sure, nobody in hockey would ever wear 99. Isn't it retired in
1: hockey? I don't think you can wear 99 in hockey. That's what I'm saying. But in other sports, though. I know. You can't. It doesn't work
0: that way. You can't cross over. 99 in hockey and 42 in baseball. Right. Yes. Are the only two numbers that you cannot, you are uh, unable to wear. I think you're right. You can't even ask for it. If you were to ask for it, they would strike you down. (gasps) You can't ask for that. Those numbers have been permanently retired.
1: It's like saying the name Macbeth. Uh, No, it's a Scottish play. Right.
0: See, what I would do is I'd go to JerseyFactory.com and I'd order all my team's apparel with the same number on it. I'd have everybody 99 and then your your name would be different. That kind of a thing. Gotcha. Uh, The Maple Leafs. Oh, jeez. Maple Leafs fall to third on the show today, as far. <laughs> but that's amazing because we we the Maple left- Leafs. I mean, come on, they 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 swept the weekend uh, their weekend games. Their their go- their backup goalie got a W, and like uh, their their coach is a genius. And sorry, the best we can do is third. sorry, the Raptors and uh, the Jays are making more news than you guys. <laughs> And it's just the regular season, and it's, uh, so far it's been pretty darn interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, uh, the Leafs, I mentioned I was there um, on Saturday night. Uh, the, um, they beat the Rangers Friday night at MSG with Freddie Anderson in goal, and then they won over the lowly Red Wings. The Red Wings are a terrible team. Oh, my God, they're awful. Awful team. Uh, beat them on Saturday night behind stalwart netminder Michael Hutchinson. Let go, Hutch, go. They were cheering at the end of the game. It was great. Uh, Hutch won his first game in almost a year, and the Leafs finally got two points from their backup goalie as they prevailed four to one. Uh, And like I said, I was at the game. Shout out to Janice and Kenny for the tickets. Thank you. Found out as I was on the subway at about 4.30. Hey, do you want to go to the game tonight? Yeah. Nice. Love that one. So we had a great time. Um, Mind you, there was a bit of an issue with the kiss cam. Now, you know what the kiss cam is? Yeah, of course. Do we need to explain this to the viewer, the listener? No one watching or listening. You guys has know, not right? So, in the, in the arena, in the arena, they'll have a shot of a couple, and it'll be—it's called the kiss cam. And once you're, once you see yourself on the screen on the big screen, you're supposed to kiss your partner. Well, that's all well and good in theory, but the two guys sitting next to us complained outwardly that this was sexist. Okay that this was behind, behind the times, that just the assumption of showing a man and a woman assuming that they are a heterosexual couple and will kiss each other on on cue is wrong. I, but you're, you're, you're assuming they just spontaneously pick two people sitting together.
1: I think the game ops are watching for signs of coupledom, like uh, they were holding hands, or maybe they kissed each other, or they have their arms around each other, something that shows this is a couple.
0: Really? So let me ask you a question. Suppose as they're scanning the crowd, they see two guys. Yeah embracing right i have never seen i mean not that i've seen every kiss cam ever oh I'm, but i don't I'm believe i've ever seen i don't be- i don't believe and correct me if i'm wrong folks if you've seen it tell me because i haven't i don't believe they've ever shown two women or two men on the kiss cam correct me if i'm wrong well how would you correct know how if- would you know well, how No, no, you no, no, no. you're missing the point <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong okay you're going to show the kiss cam. Let's say in the audience of 19,500 people, let's just say, oh, I don't know, 10%, let's say 195 couples are not heterosexual couples. Let's just say. Okay. Well, why 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 would they be um why wouldn't they be included in, in the kiss game? But
1: uh, that's a, I think your premise is faulty. I'm sure they would be included if they saw signs of coupledom from uh, same-sex couples. So you're going to assume that the game
0: ops are watching every couple out oh, there and going, no, probably... no, nope, nope, no, we can't have those two. They're lesbians. No, we can't have those two. Those are two gay guys. We need, find me a heterosexual couple. How no, about I'm that? saying the opposite. Wait, dude, how about the time that they showed a couple and they wanted them to kiss and the guy goes, it's my sister. So do you think the game ops were watching real closely and going, uh, is that the guy? No, no. Oh, they look like a couple. That could have been a plan. I think it's discriminatory. The two guys who were sitting next to me, who were, uh, I'm, I'm going to assume, but I, I could be wrong. They were uh, two, two gay gentlemen. Were like, how come we're not on the kiss cam? So here was the suggestion we all came up with. Let's change the kiss cam. Let's change it to the hug cam. Hug, because if the person next to you if you're not romantically involved with that person, the least you can do is give them a hug. You're at a Jays game, they're at a Jays game. You're at a Leafs game, they're at a Leafs game. You're together, you came to the game together, your buddies, your pals, or your lovers, or whatever it is, a hug. So hug let's cam. change the kiss cam to a hug cam. And that way, you won't have people going, it's my sister, I'm not going to kiss my sister. Or, or you don't force a guy into giving his wife, girlfriend, date, a kiss, in front of all those people. That's like, an intimate moment. It's an intimate moment. It's intimate. It's not like, it's, it's like when the, when the um, big screen goes, let's make noise. And you know what? I'll make noise when I want to make noise. I don't, I don't make noise because you tell me to make noise. Yeah. And I don't kiss my girlfriend because you're telling me to kiss my girlfriend. Unless you got some cash. Unless you got some freebies for me. Unless you got some swag for me. All right? And don't tell me that the game ops are scanning the crowd going, uh, no, no. oh, there's a good couple right there. They're not. They're assuming that that couple is a heterosexual couple, that man and woman, and they're going to kiss each other on the lips for everyone to go, yay. I'll do some research and you find do out that. what's going on. You there. do that. And anyone listening or watching, if you've ever seen the kiss cam where they've shown two men or two women, all right, let me know. I'd be interested to know that because I think it's discriminatory. I think the two guys next to us made a good point were an interesting point. Were they showing
1: some signs of affection so the game ops could identify them as a couple? My two, the guy two guys next to us? Yeah. Like was the arm around uh, their, oh, yeah. their 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 uh, partner? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Partner? Oh, they high-fived each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, high fiving is isn't he? a sign of affection? It's not? No. Oh. Says who?
0: Oh, well, you and I go to a game together, Say, wait, 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 we're wait, wait, going wait. to high five each other. Whoa, well, are you now you're an expert now on sexuality and affection on, and showing affection? PDA, uh you think, Public, every, you no, think everybody P- hugs... You think everyone that cares about someone always kisses them? PDA. Or always hugs them? You no, but think- Game Ops won't know you're a couple unless there's some oh, evidence of PDA. Oh, screw Game Ops. The heck with Game Ops, okay? Well, how about this? Why doesn't Game Ops go out into the audience themselves and say... let's find out from those two guys there if in fact they're gay and they wouldn't wouldn't mind being shown on the kiss cam. Why wouldn't you have a list of candidates in advance and say, let's find out if these two will kiss each other. Instead, just make it the hug cam. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just change it it from the kiss cam to the hug cam. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Leafs host Carolina this afternoon sitting in second in the Atlantic Division, one point up on Florida, two up on the Habs, four clear of Tampa. All those teams have games in hand on the Leafs except for Buffalo. Um, that game the other night was, I mean, I know they played Detroit and everything like that, but it was cool. Zach Hyman scored two of the wildest, goofiest goals I've ever seen. One was, was wasn't, they didn't even give him a goal. Everyone was going for penalty shot, penalty shot. It's a penalty shot. I'm sitting there. It happened in front of us. I'm going, the puck went in the net before the net was dislodged. Who the Penalty shot. It's a goal. And the other one was, everyone's going penalty shot. I'm going, no offense to Zach Hyman, but the last guy on the Leafs that you want taking a penalty shot is probably Zach Hyman. Right. He's a mucker. He's a grinder. He's not a penalty shot guy. You'd rather. Could you decline the penalty shot and take the two minute penalty? Could you do that? Are you allowed to go? We don't want the penalty shot. We'd rather have the power. Oh, yeah, play. I like that a, idea. We would rather have a two minute power play. In other words, we'd rather have six or eight cracks at the net with a man advantage than a guy going in alone on a goaltender. Can you do that? We should uh, introduce. I like that idea. What do you think, folks? Should we do that? Is is that like you know the guy that gets pulled down is not a great scorer? Maybe maybe he's he's got a terrible percentage on penalty shots or the shootout. He would never be used. Can you say ah? No, we'd rather have Marner or Matthews or you know. So know what? This with is a shot. slam dunk. I don't know why we haven't done this already. Right. It makes so, too much sense. So what happens is is that I, I he's right in front of us and I go that's a goal. I mean, that's a goal. And, and now they're going to replay, and they're not going to re- – everyone thinks they're going to replay to find out if it's a penalty shot or not. And it wasn't. The guy came in from the side anyway. And, everyone, and I'm going, it's a, it's a goal. The puck – right. I saw it go in, but the ref never made the, the signal for a goal. He never did. He had the hand up, it looks like, for a penalty shot before that. And then he didn't wave that off and say, no, that puck went in the net. So instead, nobody knew it was a goal. Hyman didn't get up and go, hey, that puck's in. Nobody on the Leafs, it seems, went, hey, wait a second, check to see if it went in. And then when they're showing the replay, and I don't, don't know what it looked like on TV because we're in the rink, the, the referee comes out and says, uh, uh, we, upon further review, we found that the puck crossed the line. It's a goal. And like, everybody's <laughs> like, what? It's a goal? It was the most delayed? It was the most, it's a goal? Like nobody was expecting that Like no one right. was expecting the ref to go, upon further review, it's a goal. <laughs> what? It's a goal. So now Hyman's got a goal. And then his second goal is a backhand roof job that he could try a hundred times and wouldn't score again. I think he surprised himself. I was like, whoa. And then Matthews ended up with two goals. And then at the end of the game, it's like, okay, both guys are on a hat trick. Like, what do you do late in the game? They're both on a hat trick. Do you right. put them both out there and hope that the wings pull their goalie? It was a 4-1 game. And anyway, but it was it was exciting. We had a good time. And Sheldon Keefe. Coach of the year, Jack Adams winner. He benches Nylander and Kapanen in the second period. Benches them. Right. I think they each got three shifts, and they didn't play the final 13 and a half minutes of the third period. They never saw the ice the last 13 minutes of the second period. Bench them. Bench them. After Nylander had a 3.9 the night before, Kapanen's had his real problems. He's a Kapanen. I think he's off the penalty kill now, and he's just having a problem. But the team is playing well. And these guys, if they don't, if they don't do what the coaching staff says... No problem nailing to the bench. P- put Freddie the Goat out there. Put Pierre Engvall out there. Put, the, uh, you know, uh, who was it the other night? Um, I'm trying to think who the other... Oh, Moore. Trevor Moore. Right. Put him out there. Let these- give these guys some ice time. And again, this goes a long way because the more you give your fourth line ice time in games like that, the more confident they're going to be, the more you'll be confident in them putting them out there in key situations. So good on Sheldon Keith. Babcock would have never done that. Babcock would have never. no bench Nylander and Kappen in the second period of a game. But if you're playing a team as bad as Detroit, mm-hmm. you can afford to put your backup goalie in and bench a couple of guys that are making some pretty good Well, we outs. know
1: Babcock would have done that because Babcock always, without a doubt, played the backup on game two of the, whole, of the back-to-back. Right. So that, you know, so yeah.
0: By the way, um, and so the Leafs are going to play um, Hutchison next Saturday night at home to the Rangers. They're in, at least they're in New Jersey on Friday. So Freddie will get that call. First of the back-to-back. And then the second of the back-to-backs is going to be Hutchison at home against the Rangers, it looks like.
1: This because coach. now
0: he's got all kinds of confidence. And uh, and by the way, why not? Right? And, the team now, and the team was so excited for him. At, when the game was over, I don't know if they showed this on television, all the players waited for Hutchison. He was the third star of the game. And they all high-fived him. Yes. It was great. Great to see. Game got a little chippy at the end, too, there. Some wild stuff going on there. Did you have good seats? Yeah, we had really good seats. Wow. Really good seats. Uh, 30 rows right behind the net. Oh, yeah. Per- Great, great, great vision. Really the
1: lonely end of the rink. Terrific spot, <laughs> terrific spot.
0: All right, so we've been teasing this for a while about, and you know, as you, as you all probably know, you've seen and heard the names, uh, the faces and voices of of many, many, many sportscasters. When I worked for Global, and I know it's eons ago, there was like four of us at Global, four or five. There's me and Taddy and, uh, and Bill Bird and um, Don Martin. And, you know, we had other reporters at various times as well. But generally four or five people that... Whose faces and voices were on camera? You know, CFTO had uh, Joe Tilly and Lance Brown and Sneal Joshi, and CBC had guys, and City TV had you know your friend John Gallagher and uh, you know <laughs> uh, Greg Manzuk for a while there, and uh, Jim McKenney And so anyway, there were only a certain number of people that would talk could talk sports on television. Now there are many, 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 many of them, and a lot of them you may not recognize the name. Or their voice, because a lot of times it's a voiceover. A lot of times if you put TSN or Sportsnet on, you're hearing someone's voice describing what's going on, the highlights or the whatever, but you rarely you know, see their face because it's like, just give us the video, give us the video. And maybe we'll show their face for a few seconds when they introduce the next story right. or a two-shot as they're going to commercial. But a lot of times you're hearing voices going, and, and then the next day it's like, well, did you watch the highlights? Yeah. Well, did you watch it on TSN or Sportsnet? Yeah. Which one? I'm not sure. Well, what did the announcer sound like? One was a woman, one was a man. I'm not sure. There wasn't anything distinctive right. maybe about these people because there are so many faces and voices. Because let's face it, you got two 24-hour sports networks. you got to fill a lot of time. So I thought what I would do is that we would go over uh, the names of, of, of these people. And, and, and you know, um, some of them I love. I love. I think they're great. I, I, I enjoy watching and listening to uh a certain number of these uh, sports casters. Uh, some I, I think are, are, they're okay. I don't mind them. They don't offend me. I don't get turned off by them. And some I, I dislike. I just don't like for whatever reason, their style or they They seem to be affected or whatever. And generally these are the ones that I turn off. I just, as soon as I hear their voice or see them, I just go, you know sorry. Before you dive in, are yeah. you able to separate
1: your personal affection for some of these people? Because you worked in the industry and you might even uh, maybe go grab a drink of someone on this list or whatever. Like, does that interfere with your perception no. of them as broadcasters? No, and I'll tell
0: you why. Going over the list, very few of them have I met. Like, I've met some, but very few of them have I had any kind of personal relationship with. I mean, okay. I'm not talking going for a drink, going for a meal. A few I have. Um but generally, no. I kind of kept to myself. Or
1: conversely, maybe uh, and I also punish didn't, John Gallagher for something he said. No, no, said, Gallagher's uh, one of
0: my fa- No, he's one of my favorites. Oh, I would watch him. Okay. But, he, but he's not on the list because he's not employed by either no, of these. No, he's a anymore. former TSN But guy. at the time, I would always watch for Gallagher because who knows? I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> well, now think about it. I, I don't know. know what to expect. I, all I know is I got to watch because you never know. But anyway, so let me go over these and, these. and now, so I got a lot of these lists from Wikipedia, right? Because there's so many. And I added my own that Wikipedia didn't have. Okay. So these would be analysts, anchors, hosts, play-by-play, uh, reporters, you know, you name it. <clears throat> Here we go. Ready? ready? This is just TSN. Okay. Jack Armstrong, Craig Button, Darren Drager, Matt Dunnigan, Ray Ferraro, Dwayne Ford, Mike Johnson, Russ Howard, Pierre Lebrun, Bob McKenzie, Jamie McLennan, Pierre Maguire, uh, Jeff O'Neill, Jesse Palmer, Jabari Greer, Steve Phillips, Dave Poolin, Leo Routins. Milt Stiegel, Glenn Suter, Bob Weeks, Tracy Wilson, Scott Mitchell, Davis Sanchez, Henry Burris, Stephen Caldwell, Christian Jack, Luke Wildman, Terry Dunfield, Kevin Sawyer, Dave Naylor. Those are all analysts under the <clears throat> analyst sportscaster thing. Now you've got Anchor's hosts, which are different from analysts. Kelsey Braid, Kate Burness, Tessa Bonhomme, Darren Detitian, James Duffy, Laura Dykem, Lindsay Hamilton, Jennifer Hedger, Brian Mudrick, Jay Onright, Dan O'Toole, Blake Price, Gino Retta, Glenn Sheeler, Rod Smith, Natasha Stanishevsky, Kara Wagland, Bob Weeks, Brian Williams, Corey Warren, Mark Rowe, Andy Petrillo, Jamie McLennan, Jeff O'Neill, Kayla Gray, Sarah Davis. This is just TSN. And those were just the anchors, the hosts. Play by Play, Dennis Bayak, Rod Black, Chris Cuthbert, Matt Devlin, Gord Miller, Brian Mudrick, Vic Router, Rod Smith. Reporters. So these would be local from the various cities around Canada that, that, are, that, that cover the local teams. So you've got Jermaine Franklin in Calgary, Bruce Garriock in Ottawa, Paul Hollingsworth, Atlantic reporter Farhan Lalji in Vancouver, John Liu in Montreal, Mark Masters in Toronto, Sarah Orleski in Winnipeg, Ryan Rocheau of uh, Edmonton, Matthew Cianetti of Toronto, Frank Saravelli, who's a hockey reporter, Brent Wallace in Ottawa. I might have missed some again, but, you know, that's pretty much it there. Now that's since 1980. So since 1984, TSN has been on the air. The number of people that used to work there is huge, (laughs) right? huge. I mean, you know, we can go go all the way back to Tony Kubek, right? We can go back to, uh, you know, when Mike Milbury was on TSN and, uh, Glenn Healy and Gary Green and Aaron Ward. And there's tons, tons and tons that used to be on TSN. Jim Van Horn. Yeah. All kinds, (laughs) but, but I'm not going to, because it'll just take us forever, forever. Um, so there's your group there of uh, TSN current TSN on air people persons. Does the, did, did, I missed it. it? Was
1: Bob McKenzie got listed? Yeah. Okay, yeah. just Bob McKenzie sure. is an checking an analyst. in there. Bob McKenzie is an analyst, of course. Bob of McKenzie
0: course. he's an analyst, but sometimes he's a reporter, right? You can have a you know you can be anchor slash reporter. Of course, right? I think when I was at Global, my I think my my union um, uh, designation was anchor reporter. Like that kind of
1: thing. best of both worlds. I guess best so. of both worlds. Um, so that's
0: that's TSN. Okay,
1: you're just <coughs> listing now. I, you're. Are you gonna? Okay, Hang let's on. hear the sports. I'm sorry.
0: So now we've got Sportsnet. Now remember, Sportsnet's only been around since uh, 1998, I think. So only 20 years, and TSN's been around for 35 years. Right. So these are no. Now this is from Wikipedia. This is notable on. It says notable on-air staff. So right away, people I'm sure got their noses out of joint if they weren't on the notable on-air staff. So this is what it said in Wikipedia under notable. <clears throat> David Amber, Colby Armstrong, Brian Burke, Caroline Cameron, Jamie Campbell, Sam Cosentino, Rob Folds, Brad Fay, Elliot Friedman, Martin Guyar, Gary Galley, John Garrett, Kelly Rudy, Jim Houston, Chris Johnston, Ron McLean, Hazel May, Jeff Merrick, Buck Martinez, Greg Millen, Dan Murphy, Scott Oak, Ivanka Osmack, Darren Pang, Gene Principe, Kevin Quinn, Dave Randorf, John Shorthouse, Dan Shulman, Christine Simpson, Craig Simpson, Gord Stellick, Pat Tabler, Jason York. So There's lots missing from that list. I would add Louis Debrus, Ken Reed, Brendan Dunlop, Carly Agro, Danielle Michaud, Matt Devlin, Leo Routens, Eric Smith, Eric Thomas, Tim McAuliffe, Sid Sixero, Alex Sixero, Michael Grange, Joe Siddle, Arash Madani, Nikki Reyes, Sean McKenzie, Kyle Bukakis, um, Ben Ennis, Arden Zwelling, Ben Nicholson-Smith, John Bartlett, Jesse Fuchs, Jesse Rubinoff, Faisal Kamisa, Donovan Bennett, Tara Sloan, Shai Davidi, that's about all I can come up for now. Lots and lots and lots. These people, all the ones I mentioned, are on your television. They're active. They're active. They're on your TV. You can flip on the television at any time, day or night, and likely see or hear all of these people. And in the course of a weekend, for example, I think every single person I mentioned there was on the air. Do you have their salaries by any chance? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't.
1: Who is the highest <clears throat> priced talent at uh, Sportsnet? Uh,
0: now, someone says, well, pick your top 10. Well, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Do I need to pick one from every category? Hey, this is my poll. Right. So what I'm going to tell you, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the ones that I like, right? The ones that I really like, the ones that I'll stay up to watch, the ones that a lot of times will tell me something I don't know or give me some insight or some humor or some nugget that they, they worked hard to get, that they, you know, that they managed to uncover, as opposed to the basic, you know, C spot run. Look here, that's a puck. That black thing. It's in the net. That, <laughs> that kind of a that's thing. That's a goal, <clears throat> right? You know, and you know, there's lots of people like that. They're just Are all you they're doing, doing... T- ten from TSN, <clears throat> ten from Sportsnet. I don't think I can do that, but I'm going to come up with. The, I don't know how okay. many. I'm excited I'm to hear up, this list. I'm going to come up with my top one. So, okay, TSN personalities. So, Craig Button, I think, is fantastic. I love Craig Button. I like the perspective he gives on hockey. Right? He's a general, a former general manager. He's not afraid to say what's on his mind, which you really need. He doesn't seem to serve any masters. He says, oh, you can't say that about Calgary because he used to be the GM, stuff like that. So I like Craig Button and I'll watch Craig Button and I'll usually get some pretty good information out of him that I may not get from other analysts. So I like him. Ray Ferraro, terrific. Whether it's the World Junior Hockey Championship, the NHL games he's doing, he's rinkside. He's right in the middle of the action. He's a former player. And whether it's with uh, Chris Cuthbert or with Gord Miller, he's just a natural. Some people go, ah, he talks too much. Yeah, but you know what? He gives you good stuff, man. Yep. He gives you a really good perspective. He's enthusiastic. And he and he works hard to get his information. And I mean, he's, he's entertaining. He is entertaining. He is. Entertaining. So I like Ray Ferraro as well. Leo Routens. Now, Mike, you might want to tell the story about Leo Routens and me. And it's a true story. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I've I've been, I'm okay I've with ne- it. You know, I've never told it in public. I'm okay with this. Leo Routins has blocked me on Twitter, and, and that's fine. Okay, so...
1: One day I had a. It was the day after the double overtime win against the Bucks, right? So if we had lost this game, where we, I got the right series? Yeah, yeah, we would have been down three nothing. Yeah. So in my opinion, it might be the most important. huge. It was massive. So the very next morning, I think it was Victoria Day. Okay, so it was a holiday Monday, I believe, and and and. I asked you kindly. You you will. I said, "Can we delay Hebsy on sports a bit?" Because Leo was going to drop by at like eight AM, and we're going to do a really early show, and then we'll do Hebsy on sports. And you right. kindly said, "Okay," because you're a good guy. So Leo's here for I don't know a couple hours. We did an episode of Toronto Mike. It was really interesting. And then I was going outside with Leo to take a photo with him, as I do with every guest. And you were coming in for Hebsy on sports, and there was definitely There was a moment. Uh, I, I'm, I it's, you know, it's a warm May day, and I uh, felt the chill. And I I knew right away oh there's something between these two guys you guys didn't acknowledge each other you didn't even like say hi to each other, uh I could tell you were both a little bit like, shaken a little bit by seeing the other person uh in my hallway or passing you know well, I, I knew
0: he was gonna be there he didn't know I was gonna be there,
1: <clears throat> so yeah and Have you got a pen
0: me- by the way where you're telling the story Have you got yeah. a pen anyway uh, thanks. I'm just jotting notes while right. you're telling this story. Well, it, it's the, a the good story. Well, the story is pretty much over. It's, it's to
1: say that uh, there's some history between you and Leo Routins uh, of a negative nature.
0: Yeah, here's what happened when Leo was coaching Canada's Olympic team, where they were trying to qualify for the Olympics. I guess so, Canada's national team. Um, I had said on the air, I said, you know, as a coach, Leo Routins makes a great analyst." It was something like that. Right. I always thought Leo was a great analyst. Always enjoyed his commentary. He's right on, and most of the time, uh, and and, it, and refreshing too. Um, but as a coach, I, I didn't think he had what it took to be the coach. I, he didn't have coaching experience. Uh, he might have been saddled with a poor team. Maybe Basketball Canada didn't have, um, uh, you know, didn't support him or his staff the way they should have. But I laid the blame on, I, I think, a loss or two on his um his coaching abilities, his inexperience, his inexperience as a coach. And, and whether he wanted that national team coach, whether that was a job that he coveted, I don't think it was. I think it was sort of like, Leo, we need you. We, We don't have a coach. And he took that job. And then, you know, when he heard or saw me on television say that I didn't think he was doing a very good job. And naturally he was like, well, screw this guy. I would have been the same way. But having said that, I don't think Leo Routens was a great coach, but I think he's an excellent analyst. And I like watching him. And, I, and he brings a real enjoyment to the sport of basketball and does it in such a way where he doesn't talk down to you. And he's not affected. He doesn't have shtick. He doesn't need shtick. Right. He's Leo Routins. He played in the NBA. Okay? He doesn't need like a catchphrase? Is that what you're saying? He uh, no. doesn't need stuff like that. So I like Leo Routins. So there you go. There's another one. Uh, Stephen Caldwell. Who does soccer? And again, I learn more about soccer from guys who are into the game. I like listening for little insights, little nuggets, stuff like that. So I like Stephen Colwell. I've never met him before. I know you've had him on the show, but I find him to be entertaining. I like the Scottish accent. That yep. helps. But I, I also like the fact that, again, he doesn't seem to serve any master. He, If he has to say something and it's a ne- of negative, he'll say it. So I like that. I enjoy his commentary. So there's a Stephen Caldwell there for you. I'm going over the anchors and the hosts here, and there's so many of them, and a lot of them are very, very good, but especially, I really think Jennifer Hedger is terrific. I'm not saying this because, oh, well, you've got to have women in there too. She's been doing that for a long time. She was a real trailblazer. She was one of the first... You know, to be—I don't know if she was the first, but she was one of the first to, on a nightly basis. Not the first, because Teresa Herger be, would have been be, well right. That. Be delivering the sports news to you, and her and Darren Detition have been a team for a long time now. She's good. She knows her stuff. She probably had to work twice as hard that any man did to get to the position she's at, and I think she's earned it. And I enjoy watching her her commentary. Um, Jay Wright and Dan O'Toole are an entry. I, I love that show. Because that show reminds me of the show that me and Jim used to do, Sportsline. Yes. These guys love sports; they have unbridled enthusiasm for it. They add a touch of humor. It's two guys, two buddies, talking sports, right, and and presenting it in such a way that it's fun, that they don't take themselves too seriously. Jay's a very funny guy. <laughs> they both are. Dan is too. Yes, I know. I had no disrespect yeah. to Dan; he's funny too. So but- Jay on right and Dan O'Toole, I'm right up there with those two guys as well. Uh, here's another one: Carol Wagland. Now, Carol Wagland does the, I think it's the five o'clock. P.M. Sports Center during the week. Now, I'm home a lot of times to watch that, and I'll be listening to Overdrive, for example, even though it's on my TV, it's on around that late afternoon time. And so I think she's really good. She's not a fan. Some, some people, some sports casters, male and female, are affected. They've got to have that voice. Say, hi, everybody. I'm a sports fan. And, <laughs> and it's phony. And, uh, and, and I, I don't like a lot of them that do that. They try to sound too, you know, like one of the guys or. Uh, and again, whether it's a guy or a girl, Kara Wagland's got this. She's got a delivery that's you know she's a sports fan. She knows her stuff. You know that she's been sitting, watching the games, making notes, right? She's been, she's been a fan since she was uh, probably a young girl. Like, like any, you know, She's a sports fan from a young age. She's got the pat her down. You could sit with her in a bar or whatever with a bunch of other people, and you know, you're going back and forth about stuff. All right, right on. Credibility knows her stuff, so I, I like the job that she does uh, as well. Kara Wagland. Uh, Jamie McLennan. Now, Jamie, I'm going to say Jamie McLennan and Jeff O'Neill because they're both on Overdrive, the radio show. I don't know if you get to combine them. No, no, uh, hang on. Okay. But no, I'm like, going to say, like but, they're, but the, generally, they're both on the panel on the TSN games between periods and stuff like that. And they've got a good um, relationship. So I'm going to sort of put them in as an entry uh, because I like them both individually. Yeah, I like their commentary. Uh, And together, I think they're really good together. So I'm going to put uh, O'Neill and McLennan together there. Uh, And uh, that's it for the anchors there. Play-by-play, this is easy. Chris Cuthbert is by far to me the best of them all. Doesn't matter what the sport is. He's great. He lets the game take care of itself. He'll add a little nugget here and there if necessary. He's pretty straight ahead, calls the game, gets out of the way, lets his color commentator or his analyst do a lot of that uh, you know, engages them, asks the right questions, gets out of the way. Terrific broadcaster, Matt Devlin. Same thing. Matt's great, but again, whether he's with Jack Armstrong or whether he's with Leo Routins, a lot of times he'll just okay, and he'll engage them. Yes, and he'll make it a good combination. It'll be um, I, Matt Devlin to me is the type of guy he could work with anybody. You could stick anybody beside him, and he would make that person a better broadcaster. It would make for a better broadcast.
1: And one of the few people that you've said today that appeared would, would appear on both lists correct he's on, and NTSN. Correct.
0: and the other one is uh vic router now vic i think is underrated because we don't see him that often he does the curling but man vic used to do soccer and he did some soccer games this year and auto racing and he knows his baseball and he knows he knows a lot man uh, and he's been there for a long time i one of the longest serving guys at tsn i think he might have if he wasn't an original he was pretty close yeah, Michael
1: Landsberg's an original. Yeah. I think he came close, but not an original. Close to it. But yeah.
0: anyway, so I really like Vic. Always been a fan of Vic Router. And again, doesn't matter what the sport is. And here's another thing. Doesn't matter if he's a host or doing play-by-play or a reporter. Jack of all trades. Good guy to have. Excellent. So there you go. That's a good list. Yeah, I and, uh, that. and among reporters, I'm going to give you Mark Masters, the Toronto reporter. I think he does a really good job. Not just hockey, but he does tennis as well and other sports. He's a really good Toronto-based Reporter for TSN visited me in January. He did he? Oh, he is going to. He's at the World Junior Championships now. And I also like the guy in Edmonton, Ryan Rochelle. I think he did. I really liked the job he did last year. The Humboldt Saskatchewan tragedy. He really covered that very very well. And you know the Oilers. There's always stuff going on with the Oilers. Like every year. It's the, and he does a really good job. So I shout out to those guys as well. So that's my that's my TSN list. Uh, and, and if you didn't hear a name on the list and then, then the other people, draw your own conclusions. Well, well, you know, you can draw your own conclusions. It didn't mean I dislike them. They're not on the top
1: list. For maybe an episode in 2020. What if you sure. gave us your list of your favorites who are no longer current? Like, you know how there's a long list yeah. of TSN. I would love to know. Cause I have some favorites that are right, uh, no it. longer employed I'm at those places.
0: It. Uh, Jock Climie, Can I include him? Of course. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. And by the way, folks, if you want to, uh, if uh, we're accepting <clears throat> write-in ballots as well, mm-hmm. it's like the Hall of Fame. We're accepting a write-in ballot. If there's someone that I missed, there's someone that you think deserves special mention, let us know. We'll mention it on the next uh, broadcast. So Sportsnet. Now we got to the Sportsnet. I haven't even really looked at this. There's a lot of people on Sportsnet that are very, very good. Um, I'm going to uh, first of all, the number one person I'm going to give a shout out to is Elliot Friedman, who I think universally is known as. One of the best in the business, and I think he got a bit of a bum rap when he was calling the swimming in the Olympics in twenty six. Well, he made a big mistake. He but- made a mistake, but Elliot Friedman is not, and I don't think ever thought he was a play by play guy. Elliot Friedman gets the story, gets it right, gets his sources correct, delivers it in such a way that it's uh, uh, easy to digest. He seems to be a very easygoing guy. Not seems to be, he is an easygoing guy. And from everyone I know, I don't know anyone that's ever said a bad word about him, works very, very hard. But in that situation, working for... The was it the consortium? Was it the CBC? Old consortium? Whatever it was, he was calling swimming, and he happened to call Penny Alexia gold medal race and made a mistake. No, no, it wasn't that one. Oh, it was, it was uh, a Michael Phelps, one. right? Michael
1: Phelps, sorry. So anyway, beyond well, Ryan that, Ryan Lochte. He said Ryan Lochte right. won, when in fact
0: beyond that, beyond that little mistake, which he recovered from beautifully, and he took a lot of crap on Twitter for a little while, but uh, he's excellent broadcaster and uh, always like to hear what Elliot Friedman has to say. So I'm going to put him in there uh, as a number one. Uh, number two, uh, uh, well, not as a number one, in, in my group, in my list of people that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is, I'm going to go with this combination because I like them, of Brendan Dunlop and um, Martine Geyer. Now, they're on on the weekends. So I, I usually watch, especially on the weekends when I'm putting the show together, I usually watch the late night uh, sports on Sportsnet on the weekends. And um, their duo is Martine Geyer and Brendan Dunlop. And, man, they've got a lot. They got a lot of stuff. Usually Sunday nights. It's packed. All the NFL games, all the NBA, all the NHL. There's tons of stuff. And that's not an easy show to produce. And let me tell you, that's not. those are not easy shows to anchor. There's so much stuff. You've got to be watching all day long. You've got to be up on everything. So I like the way these two present.
1: She's a savvy veteran, right? She's been there a very long time, if I'm correct.
0: She has been there quite a long time. I uh, And uh, again, so I'm going to sort of, you know, as a... Uh, and and going on beyond that, I like Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sixero for the same reasons I like Jay Onright and uh, Dan O'Toole. Their show is very much like the show we used to do on Sportsline. Jim and I did that show. I mean, Jim did it for twenty years. I did that show with him for like eleven years. And and I think that uh, you know the reason a lot of people like the show is is it was it's natural. It's it was just a natural organic relationship that we had. We were both sports fans and we enjoyed talking about sports and presenting it a certain way. And so Sid Sixero and Tim McAuliffe, who I both worked with, were both interns when I worked at The Score. It was Headline Sports before that. And you knew. These guys had a good spiel. They had a good patter. They knew their stuff. They were right in on it. Elliot Friedman worked there at the same time. Right. Um, You had some really talented people. So I'm going to take those two guys as well uh, as, um, uh, you know, in my top list here. Uh, Others, oh man. Oh, this is tough. I really like Joe Siddle on the... Uh, I like Jamie Campbell and Joe Siddle together hosting the Jays pre- and post-game stuff on Rogers. I do. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. You're setting up one of 162 games. What's the pitching matchup? What are some of the keys to success? Marquee matchup, stuff like that. It's not an easy thing to do. They've got a good rapport together. Siddle, I like because for the same reason. He'll tell it like it is. He doesn't have. He does not worry that someone from Rogers is going to come down and say, "Hey, you're cutting up our team, or you're making fun of, you know, the lack of movement by uh, Shapiro and Atkins." So I really enjoy those two guys um, on that particular broadcast. So I'm going to I'm going to give them a mention as well. Um, oh, who else do I got here? Sean McKenzie does a good job. I didn't have his dad for the chip TSN off one. the old block. I didn't have his dad <laughs> as part of the TSN once I, I like I like I've always liked Baba. Oh, but uh, that's interesting.
1: Like, why would you? Because I mean, Sean and Sean Bob, does it,
0: Sean's different. Bob, Bob is strictly an analyst. Bob is Bob's the type of a guy who, uh, I guess, could you know be near his phone all the time and get uh, and provide the same information.
1: Big, tragically hip fan. I know uh, you don't get points for that though.
0: No, um, there's lots, but Sean. But Sean, first of all, number one, being the son of someone famous like that is not easy. Now. People, some people are going to say, oh, you got your start in the business because of your dad. Well, his dad might have opened some doors, but still, he had to be the one to go through the door. He had to be the one to prove himself. And he's on the other team. And other, and other people are like, oh, you must be Bob McKenzie's son, whatever. The guy's good. And when you're a rinkside reporter, you're a reporter. So you're there and you're observing a lot of things. Now, you may have to do the obligatory, you know, pregame interview with the guy on the boards. And, you know, he comes over for 30 seconds and you ask him a couple of questions. But the other thing is that when the game's over, you've got to go out there and you've got to get the quotes from the coach and you've got to put a wrap-up together and you've got to, you know, assess what happened during the game. You're a reporter and a reporter still has to get the facts correct and has to present them in a certain way. I like the way Sean McKenzie does it for Sportsnet. I do. Um, another one's Louis DeBrusque. We don't get to see that often. He's the color analyst on a lot of their Western games. I, Louis LeBrusque is he's good. I like listening to him. I'm like, hey, he's making sense out there. He's, he's providing a lot of information that you know, maybe the other analysts don't provide. A former NHL player as well. And his son plays also. Plays for Boston, right?
1: I'm not sure. Yeah, is that the, yeah, okay, yeah, of a, course, DeBrusque, yeah.
0: Um. So I, I, I like yeah. that association. Now, all these people I've mentioned, I, I don't know how many of them I've actually actually met. Oh, yeah. uh, one more, Christine Simpson. Terrific. Very much similar to Elliot Friedman in that, tr- very trustworthy, has been in the business for a long time, has made a lot of contacts, and uh, top-notch reporter, good interviewer, and a real trendsetter, too. When it comes to, I think, a lot of uh, females in our business look at someone like Christine Simpson and says, you know, this, this woman has done a lot. She's been in this business for a long time. And I remember her when she worked at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I mean, so she's paid her dues and has excellent contacts in the business. And when she presents a story, she does it in such a way that I enjoy uh, viewing that. So there, there's my list of... The ones that I really like that I'll, I'll, I'll take the time to watch them or listen to them specifically. I enjoyed that. Did you like that? Yeah. I'm glad you did. Um, and I, uh, Let's see here. Oh, um, NFL playoff picture. Do you want to get into the, every week's different? There's one more week to go after this week. The Bills lost to the Patriots. Very exciting game on Saturday. The Dallas Cowboys got beat, so they're in big trouble. If Philadelphia wins against the Giants this weekend, they're going to clinch the NFC East. Uh, and knock Dallas out, which is great because I don't like Dallas. Uh, If Seattle beats the um, San Francisco 49ers next week, they're going to clinch the um, the NFC West division. Um, The Packers can win the NFC North if they beat Minnesota tonight. And... There you go. The Bills are still in the playoffs. They're still gonna likely gonna play the te- the Houston Texans. And beyond that, one more week to go in the NFL. It's very exciting. It was a great weekend. I like I like the fact that they put three games on Saturday. It's because it was, you know, they were all exciting games. I love these games that go right down to the wire. You know, last second field goal to win it or This is an exciting
1: touchdown. time. The Fairweather football fans are now back they are,
0: are. <laughs> alright and the Jays sign uh, Ryu which is great and uh, the Leafs are uh, they are going beautifully they're playing this afternoon against Carolina and the Raptors are playing Indiana tonight and Christmas is going to be fantastic so uh, that's it that'll do it for episode 159 of Hebsey on Sports our final episode before Christmas want to thank as usual Toronto Mike for production and inspiration buddy a Merry Christmas to you and your loved ones that's you Mike uh, and thanks also thank to you. the good folk. you're welcome Thanks also to and the good folks. At to you. Jerseyfactory.com our lovely sponsor. Uh, great holiday season to all of them and a happy healthy holiday season to you as well. And if you're looking for a last minute gift and it could be a Christmas gift, a Hanukkah gift, a New Year's gift, it's a birthday gift for someone. I know people have I know people have birthdays at this time of year. I'm one of them. There are people out there who have birthdays around the holiday season that never get the credit they deserve. They never get the gift that they would normally get if their birthday was in August. Because it happens around the time where you're getting your Christmas or your Hanukkah gifts. Right. So for all those people, or for all of those of you who want to give a gift to those people who have birthdays around the holiday season and maybe get overlooked, how about a copy of my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of? Available where fine books are sold online via Amazon or Indigo or just uh, get in touch with me and I'll get you an autographed copy. Uh, the uh, the book's about George Washington Norton, um, a Canadian. But people didn't know he was a Canadian because he just didn't talk about stuff like that. Uh, tremendous athlete, uh, great story, real inspirational, the greatest athlete you've never heard of. Subscribe to the audio podcast, Hebsey on Sports via Spotify or Periscope. Um, or Apple, I mean, or you can watch us on Periscope. We're on at 9.20 in the morning, Mondays and Fridays. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I won't wish you a happy new year because we'll be back before the new year. We're back Friday with a brand new episode of Hebsion Sports. Until then, so long for now.